Hi there, welcome to Conversations, where we seek to advance your leader in team excellence by discussing relevant topics that impact today's organizations. Welcome to the show. Hey there, leader, and welcome to Conversations for Leaders and Teams, where today we have Dr. Emery Welch will be talking to us about the importance of focus. Dr. Emery was born and raised in Florida and began his career as a clinician back in the 80s and quickly moved to administration. He spent several years as a behavioral health care administrator, serving as a CEO for nearly 20 years. Emery was recruited to Alaska, which is a long way from Florida, <laughs> to help implement the behavioral health care system for the interior tribal community. From that point on, Emery fell in love with consulting and coaching, which he has been engaged with now since 2013. Dr. Emery Welch, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. Great, uh, Kelly. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, hey, right on cue, I, my uh, phone rang. Uh-oh, uh, there we go. <laughs> during the uh, intro, just to... Uh, Remind me, hey, turn your sound off on your phone. <laughs> hey, we keep it real around here. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, that's perfect. Yeah, just uh, ring away there. Oh, yeah, that's oh, okay. Boy. We get ding, dings, email dings and text dings, and it's all good. No the worries. Phone, it's, it's, the sound's off now, so okay. I'm good to go. Awesome, and your sound is on perfectly. So good. Hey, I... I um. You know, the, the whole jump from Florida to Alaska, that's, that's a whole long way to go. Uh, so so uh, do you prefer Alaska weather or do you prefer Florida weather? You know, growing up in Florida, I, I can stand the weather. Just heat and humidity all the time. You know, I you know, make the joke about, hey, Florida has two seasons, January and summer. <laughs> That's uh, true. Yeah. And I love the snow. I love the cold weather. And how I ended up um, in Alaska, I think it was, it was destiny. And I only got to spend a year and a half there. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I really feel like it was destiny. And we went right to the center of oh, wow. the interior of Alaska. So it was, you know, the 40 below, 50 below, and I was out in the villages and it was quite surreal and, uh, and wonderful. So I, I would have to say that I would take the Alaska weather over Florida. Yeah. And so where are you coming to us from today? I'm in North Carolina. I live in North Carolina. And I have uh, actually, since we came back from Alaska, um, we had a house in the mountains uh, in North Carolina since uh, 2004 or so. And um, coming back from Alaska, our house in Florida was rented out to some friends of ours. So we, <laughs> we couldn't go back to it. And uh, so we just came uh, to North Carolina and uh, pulled in here and uh, we've been here ever, ever since. Wow, that's well, that's a beautiful place as well, North oh, Carolina. It is, and it's a very, as far as the climate goes, it's very mild, you know, mild. It doesn't get really, especially in the mountains, it's not hot. Now, we're back and forth between um, kind of Charlotte and the mountains now. So, in Charlotte, of course, it gets really hot. But, uh, yeah, it's good. It's wonderful. 
Awesome. Wonderful. Well, today we are going to be talking about focus. And as, as uh, I told you before we started, I have lots of papers so I can take notes on, on focus. Uh, at times I have shiny object syndrome. <laughs> but it's okay because you're here and you're going to be helping leaders and teams today really hone in on, on focus and the importance of that. So let's, let's start off right there. So why is focus so important? You know, when I was, um, this is kind of interesting. So I was in grad school and I developed a real interest in motivation. Mm. And I started reading, um, well, Dale, Dale Carnegie and um, Napoleon Hill. I don't know if you've heard of uh, Napoleon Hill. Maybe you have. He wrote yes. The Laws of Success. It's a big old book like that. And But he also wrote... Um, a book called Think and Grow Rich, which is much smaller, which I like the much smaller books for my <laughs> reading. But um, anyway, he talks about, uh, he calls it a definite chief aim. Hmm. But how having a definite chief aim and being able to narrow your focus um, was essential to really uh, making progress and accomplishing um, what you wanted to accomplish or what you thought you wanted to accomplish. But whatever it was, being able to develop that and understand how to um, kind of narrow that, almost like you're putting a magnifying glass. You know how you can, you can, put the magnifying glass on something and expand it, but you also intensify it. You know, like when we were kids and we'd use that magnifying glass and the, we'd, we'd put it down there and start a fire with it pretty much. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, I just actually just uh, thought of that. That's, that's how focus works. When you think really about lasering it, lasering in on it. Yes, because you can, you direct your, it's, a, it, it enhances intensity. Mm. And, and when you're super focused and you and I kind of joking about it earlier, but uh, before we came on, but when you're super focused, everything around you, all distractions seem to magically disappear. Yes. You know, whether you want them to or not. <laughs> and, um, so, yeah, so I think that it's the focus is absolutely essential um, personally and and from a business perspective and from a leadership perspective. I was talking to a uh, friend of mine who's a nutritionist. And I, I kind of get into that, too, but I'm certainly not a nutritionist, but uh, but but he is. And he was uh, telling me that they have their their latest research shows that if they promote one small change um i'm gonna make something up here so let's say you're you're seeing a nutritionist and the nutritionist says hey this is all i want you to do you just need to drink four glasses of water a day and they promote that one small change for 30 days, their success rate 
and their overall plan ends up being um, in the high 90 percentile, 97, 98 percent, something like that. But if they try two corrective actions at the same time, their success rate drops to like 65%. If they try- That's a big difference. Yeah, it's huge. If they try three, it drops all the way down to 30%. Wow. Um, And what's interesting to me is, so I said, so uh, could you just say, hey, look, change your breakfast. And my friend said, no. Because if you say, let's say this person is, I'm going to pick a bad, let's say they're having Pop-Tarts for breakfast. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> yes. And I said, okay, that's me, right? Pop-Tarts. But let's say you're having Pop-Tarts for breakfast. And you say, okay, no, I don't want you to do that. You need to have eggs and fruit and water. I'm just, this is coming off the top of my head. I don't, you know, that's good or not. But um, the point was, he was telling me is now you've, you've asked him to make a bunch of changes. It changes how they shop. It changes how they have to prepare. It changes what they're doing, you know, their action of cooking the whole nine yards. So that are just saying, change your breakfast and, and tell, and giving them a plan for that would reduce their success rate down to below 30%. Jeez. Yeah, and we could take that into all areas of our life, like you were saying, personal and professional. And, I, and you know, with leadership, they're, they're usually juggling so many different tasks, different projects and whatnot. So how can we, how can leaders really laser in? What might be a strategy to help them with that focus? Well, you know, coaching is great for that. Now that you bring it up, <laughs> there we go. And I, I'm serious, really. Um, coaching is a great way to help a leader or anybody to determine what their focus should be and 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 hone in on it. I was. Um, I'm not a big. Are you an NBA fan? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. So I, I'm not really an NBA fan. I'm more of a college guy, but, um, you know, in Lakeland, I, um, when the Orlando magic came to be, I started watching the Orlando magic and I had a chance to go over and see a couple of the games. And back in the day, um, they had a player, his name was Dennis Scott and his nickname was 3d. Hmm. So, you can imagine why they nicknamed him 3D. He was one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Okay. I but, wouldn't have gotten that without that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so thank you. All right. So for those of you who are not interested in basketball or don't know a lot about it, uh, a three-point shot is, is a shot that takes place from way out from the rim. <laughs> so um, around the big perimeter. So they're very far away and they're shooting – and that's why they get three points if, if the shot goes in instead of two points uh, because it's a very difficult shot. And so if you're one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA, that means you're basically one of the best three-point shooters in the world. You, you would agree with that, right? Yes, yes. Uh, and I happened to be at the game. I was over in Orlando 
um, for something else. And I went into the arena probably three hours before the game uh, started. And they actually let me in. I don't know why. <laughs> so I went and I was the only one sitting uh, in the stands that I was thinking, well, yeah, okay, I'm going to just sit and do some work. But interestingly, Dennis Scott, th I mean, this is totally oh. true. Dennis Scott came out into the arena with a coach. And now this guy's already one of the best three-point shooters in the world. And he's out with a coach. And what are they doing? He's shooting three-point shots. And what was interesting to me is the coach faced him, not the basket. Mm. And I was watching. And his shots almost always swished. They almost always went in. But the coach wasn't even concerned about that. He didn't know the shots were going in or not. He was looking at Dennis, and he was making – he was helping – well, not making – he was helping Dennis make minute changes in the way that his release was happening, in the way that he was – um, coming down from his jump, um, how his, you know, basically how his arms are, how his fingers are, and he was focusing all the, on those minute details so that when he got into the game, it wouldn't matter what the defense was doing or who was coming at him, that Dennis would know what to concentrate on so the mm -hmm. shot would go in. Yeah, that's good right there. And that, I'm, I'm telling you, that made a huge impact on me because I'm thinking, well, this guy's already one of the best in the whole world. And he's out like two and a half hours. He's the only one out on the court. And the coach is helping him to focus in, basically intensify all those little, that little detail that would help him to accomplish his goal of hitting that shot. Yeah. And I love that connection to, you know, professional coaching because we do, um, as coaches, number one, uh, all good coaches have a coach uh, because we don't walk this journey alone. Uh, mm -hmm. And how, you know, as you said, you know, coaching, as we know, is, is coming alongside of somebody. And so just like the story that you just told, uh, you know, the coach was there to help. I mean, he wasn't necessarily doing the work for, just like as a coach, we don't do the work for our clients, uh, but we are there to guide them and, and to be looking at those, at those things that maybe need to be just tweaked just a little bit for them to be successful. Yeah. Boy, Kelly, that's an excellent point because, you know, I'm thinking about it. I don't even know if that coach could hit a three-point shot. Mm-hmm but he knew how to help Dennis to focus on it, on what he needed to focus on. Yeah. And it's almost like if we go in, if I go in and I'm coaching the COO of a software company, mm -hmm. I can't tell him anything about software or help him with anything about software. Cause I, <laughs> I don't know. That's right. I don't have any idea. But what I can help him with is is how he develops as an executive mm -hmm. uh, so that he can be as effective as he can be, as, as he can be as an individual and also leading his team. Because, you know, it's interesting when we think about it. It's, it's one thing about um, 
So individual focus, we have total control over that, but we don't have total control over group focus. Mm -hmm. And that is an essential component of anything that we want to accomplish. That pretty much comes from Henry Ford. But um, so the group, if, if you're a, um, so let, I want to use the CEO. So you're the CEO and you have your executive team. And um, you've got to make sure that the focus is common, mm-hmm. right? That everybody has that same focus, but it's hard because you don't really know. Um, it's interesting. I was, uh, I've been coaching on many levels for most of my life. So <laughs> I was thinking about, I was coaching a football, a kids, a little kids football team. I think they were eight year olds. And we had gone through the whole season undefeated. And we got to, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how good of a coach I am, by the way. Just (laughs) (laughs) So we we got to the last game. And so we're all gathered around before before the last game. And we're undefeated at that point. And I'm telling them. I'm going to do my, like, you know, I'm going to do my motivation talk here. And so I get them all together. Everybody's down on one knee. I'm out there. You rock me. <laughs> and I'm, I'm telling them, hey, you know what? You guys have an opportunity to accomplish something truly special. And that's an undefeated season. And I will guarantee you that if you win this game and you finish this season undefeated, it's going to be a memory that you're going to have for the rest of your life because very few people get to have an undefeated season or get to be a part of an undefeated season at all in their, you know, if you go on to play in high school or college or pro, regardless of the level, it's very difficult and it's a special thing. So I want you to make sure that you Focus intensely on your job, your responsibility, every play. I'm telling you, Kelly, I had them in the palm of my hands right there. And when I was finished, I was pretty proud of myself, actually. When I was finished with that, with that uh, motivational talk, pregame talk, one of the kids in the, in the, raised his hand. I can't remember the kid's name now. That was like 40 years ago. <laughs> One of the kids raised his hand and I called on him. Yeah, question. And he said, uh, yeah, coach, uh, who's bringing snack today? <laughs> What's important? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that. <laughs> like, oh boy, you know, that this was, these were a group of eight year old kids. Obviously, uh, what I was focused on and what they were focused on was very different. And now that is uh, maybe not a very good analogy because, you know, as well, it is. It's uh, yes. Well, everything that we learned in, in children, we bring forward with us. Is that not true? 
<laughs> That's true. But, and, and so hopefully, uh, as we work with our executive teams, you know, we're not that far apart. You know, they're not going to ask us, hey, uh, who's bringing a snack today? <laughs> but That's right. But, but That's even, right. even minute differences can, uh, can mean the difference between ach- achievement and, and not achieving a goal. In how uh, in how we bring everybody together, so as leaders, we can have intense focus, and it can be on the right thing. But we also need to to bring our team so that we have something called group focus. Yeah, like how do we do that? We would have had. Excuse me, I'm sorry. I said, how do we do that? How do we bring the group together? So as a as a leader, uh, you know, obviously we have teams under us. And so when I think about a leader and really having um, the ability to bring their team along with them, what might be some areas uh, to guide to guide them on their focus, shared focus? Well, well that's, a, that's a, a great question. And the answer to that is not an easy one. Because I think what has to happen is um, that is a it's it's well that's a soft skill that's developed in a person. Um, so I might, for instance, somebody could walk in a room, and Kelly, you may be able to say, "Well, that person's had a bad day," or this person is tense and it, and I may be oblivious to it. Mm-hmm. So I need to be able to develop that. Um, what would be an intuitive or soft skill. Um, and part of how you um, do that is you're, you're basically developing that skill through asking yourself the right questions. Um, and and being able to uh, to ask yourself the right questions so that your focus helps your intuition. Mm. Um, and then when we get together and we're talking about, it's almost like when uh, I know you, the folks that go through the strategic planning, right? I know mm-hmm. everybody knows about strategic planning mm-hmm. and sometimes you have it facilitated. I've facilitated a bunch of them. Um, and we get to, we go through this whole thing. Hey, we get the mission statement, the vision statement. We're this nice little brochure, and we've done our strategic plan. And then um, what we find with a lot of organizations is they use it for marketing. And if we go back to the people that are supposed to be carrying it out, they don't remember what's in it. That's right. <laughs> so what we would need to do as leaders is I'm just using this as a jumping off point, Mm -hmm. the strategic plan, is we would need to take that plan and basically one or two components of that, which would make the difference in our organization's growth or um, not growth, it wouldn't necessarily be growth, but it could be growth, it could be um, um, percentage 
of achievement, whatever, and um, take that and talk about, hey, how, how do we all make that happen together? And ask and just ask the individual members. So what do you think if you had to pick one thing to focus on and concentrate on, what would it be? You know, and that goes back to the, nutrition, the nutritionist story that you told about yeah. the whole, you know, working on too many things and the same thing. And that is where so many organizations fail is they have this grand strategic plan of all the things they want to accomplish. And then, you know, at the end of the year, end of three, five years or whatnot, it's like, okay, well, what really did we get done? What did we accomplish? And, and was that something that we focused on? or you know, did it happen organically? But I believe that yes, too many times organizations uh, bite off more than they can chew. Instead of really bringing that focus in like you're talking about, having everybody on the same page of what is important for our team to work on. That's all the time we have for today. Tune in next time for part two of Focus with Dr. Emery Welch. Until next time, this is Dr. Kelly Whalen. Keep doing great things because our world needs leaders like you.